the Mojo Rich. Did I say yes. it right? Please say I said it right. You did. Yes. Girl. I, every time I write your name, I keep putting an L in it for some reason. Like Moldervich. Mulder, Moldervich. Well, when you um, spell check, used to change my name to Idly Moronic. <laughs> which is pretty good. <laughs> pretty accurate? I... <laughs> Like my my favorite spe- my favorite my favorite he's gonna hear this he's gonna I'm gonna get a phone call my favorite spell check spell check issue of all time was when I was a kid not a kid when I was a teenager when I got when I got when I was officially allowed to drive yes right I was like okay my, one of the deals was in exchange for being allowed to drive the family car right. I had to do the family food shopping ooh okay I had to do That's the gro- I had to do the weekly grocery yeah. shopping so my dad would give me a shopping list okay and on the shopping list was lettuce (laughs) but the problem is that it it said lettuce l-e-t-u-p-s okay and very confusing the first time i saw it because my first time i saw it was when i was a kid (laughs) and i was doing the food shopping with my mom what is that and we were both like does he mean lettuce and mom's like i hope so (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so it's like, we asked him, I was like, Dad, why did you write lettuce? And he goes, because it, it, it keeps saying I'm spelling lettuce wrong. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, L-E-T-T-U-S-E. <laughs> like, oh, no. that's so cute. Dad, it's, Dad, it's, a, it's a C. L-E-T-T-U-C-E. <laughs> he goes, no, it's not. I'm, I'm, like, ter- no, it, I'm an atrocious <laughs> speller and even I know. No, I'm a, I'm a terrible. Writers are terrible spellers. Like, oh, my God. Thank God the, for spell check. You no, know, because we were, I think it's because we rely. I think modern writers are because we probably rely so heavily on spell check. Well, you know, English is a difficult language oh to uh, spell. Don't, it's a stupid language. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, but yeah. you know, when you're raised with it, the pro- here's what I think. I wonder if this is true of other languages. This is not true of other languages. Where I wonder because you 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 see like how it feels like globally, people who weren't raised with English as the first language mm-hmm. kind of are able to adapt to new languages kind of easily. It feels like. Yes. But English speakers can't adapt to other languages the way we can adapt, the way that they can adapt to ours and they can adapt to others. Well, that's interesting. Because I've, I've always felt that. I've always felt like, you know, I don't know, like, a, like, I, like, I feel like there are a lot of Germans that can know French or a lot of Latin, Latin, Latin like, based or, right, languages. Right, right. I hear that I'm of Hungarian descent. And I hear that Hungarian is one of the hardest languages to learn. It's apparently like a mashup of Japanese and and Slavic languages. So these bastardized very languages strange. are the ones that suck. Yeah. Yet they are the dominant forces. Yeah. Particularly, of course. Especially I mean. Hungarians. Yeah. yeah. They, they really are ru- anyway. running the planet. Sorry. Ily Modrovich, welcome to Word Tetris. Yes. Uh, so this is fun because is fun. I knew I wanted to do it like this and it's just the timing is finally working out where the the season two finale of this show featured yes. your co-show runner of Lucifer, Joe Henderson. Joe who? <laughs> Kidding. Uh, Joe, Joe <laughs> something or other. Um, that guy. You know. Yeah, that guy, Joe uh-huh. Pantaleon. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so I was like, well, then the season premiere, season three, has got to be the closing of that bookend with uh, the other co-showrunner of That's Lucifer, right. Eldi Modrovich. Um, the better half. Before before we start, you know, when we're not we're not making cracks at our me- uh, well, now learned mutual friend McBentoncourt. <laughs> oh, <I love> him. <laughs> um, uh, so I just want to tell you guys, um, we're Tetris. We're back. 
Uh, season three is rocking. I've got some episodes already recorded. We got some, uh, if you heard, if you know these names, Nicole Levy, Daniel Sepulvarez, Jenny Klein, Molly Newsbomb, and a lot more coming up in the new season. Um, here's the deal. If you're a new listener to the show, the first 20 minutes of this episode are going to be available for free on all your podcatcher sources, particularly your iTunes. After that, if you want to hear the full episode, you got to head over to Patreon, sign up for the dollar an episode tier at patreon.com slash word Tetris. Sign up for the dollar episode tier. You get the full episode. Sign up for the three dollar an episode tier and you'll get this episode the full episode plus a bonus episode bonus, bonuses bonus, bonus. that we're going to record after this and also the big thing about the about um the patreon feed is in i did something new in between the seasons this year is i did hiatus content so a whole bunch of there's a whole slew of episodes that you uh you didn't you don't you're not seeing right now if you're just if you're looking on the itunes feed you're like what i don't i don't see any bonus because it's not there you don't see him like I did. I did a uh, episode with Jeff Thorne about running a uh, showing animation. I did um, mm-hmm. a show about series finales with Terry Mattel, Sean Tretta, and Christopher Monfett. I did an episode about the first steps to becoming a writer with Matt Nix. Oh, I did a record with Jeff Lieber. <laughs> hey. um, I did an episode of writers, uh, how writers deal with the logistics of actually making television with Jeff Lieber. I did an episode about TV directors with MJ Bassett. Um, an episode about where the industry was uh, in like the seventies versus where it is now. With Michael Jacobs and uh, a you know and uh, busy busy yeah, boy so very busy yeah. so it's like look there was a lot of content you, you're not seeing right now in the iTunes feed that you can only get on Patreon so go there now patreon.com slash word Tetris now do it Ildi yes Lucifer the when I was talking with Joe and he described because I what I was so fascinated about when I had him on was the the show's about rewriting and he had this unique challenge where almost every other person I've had on the show is the show is a showrunner for a show they created right you guys did not you worked on the pilot you did did. a little work on the pilot yeah you guys didn't ultimately create Lucifer that was the job that was done by I forget his name already Tom Tom yeah, although um, questionable, I'd say yeah. Joe and I are more the creators. Sorry, okay, Tom. <laughs> I think he'd admit it. Uh, <laughs> he'd admit it. Um, so it's like you had, you know, you were, you know, you're, you have to, you, you're coming, but you're coming, you're, you're coming but yes, in later. Yes, it's it, our adopted child. Right, right. So you yeah. have, and you have, you gotta love it, and you gotta yeah. find a way to make that adopted child part of your family. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, and the so, but. Now we're getting into like the meat, and he told me a little about your the one the first part of the the one of the first things he said that fascinated me about the way you guys run your room. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was true this season because you did have a smaller episode order, mm. um, but that you would take the the group of writers and separate them into two rooms that you each would run. At the beginning of the season, we have that luxury basically because so Joe and I the the, the mystery of why everyone's so sane. I believe, um, including Joe and I, is because we we kind of separate. He's in charge of either the odds or the evens, and then I'm, you know, the other one. So this year, for instance, he was the odds, and I was the evens. So at the beginning of the year, since we have an entire staff, let's say we have 10 writers, this year we had uh, seven, including us? Yes. But on regular seasons, we have about 10, like back when we had 22 episodes. So you'd have five 
of each, you would have five riders for, for an entire room. You'd have five for one room and five for the other room. But then as people peel off to write and to be on set, you'll have not enough riders to split a room. So at the beginning, we do that. Right. And then we break kind of like episodes one and two, maybe three that way. And now, then we get everybody back. And so this it. is and so this is where I want to tie it into the show because yes. into our into this show. Because you what he said was that, you know, you'll be off in your separate rooms and then you'll come back around, you and you and him will have a powwow and be mm-hmm. like, Are you this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing, does this yeah. help or hurt you? And yes. then and then based on whosoever episode needs whatever the thing is more in the moment, they'll get the whatever the thing is. Now yeah. so when so obviously if you're in an instance where you win that battle <laughs> and win is win is probably not the best term, but when you are when you're the one who gets to walk away with the whatever the whatever the, the thing is, ring. the golden yes. ring, you obviously don't have to change anything about what you're doing. Right. Um but if you lose the battle, <laughs> quote unquote, uh-huh. and you are the, and you are, and it's deemed that okay, you guys need this more than we do, so right. you'll go off with it, and we'll go another way. Right? How do you then redirect? Because I imagine when you're having this powwow, you're pretty far into <laughs> the, well, the the breaking stage. I mean, to be honest, there's as many jokes I was thinking of. You know, if you lose, you have to I don't know wash the person's car for a week, but no. It happens very rarely that we, I want to say, fight over something um, or, or you know, have a tug-of-war with a story point. It, it happens very, very, very rarely because we figure out so roughly what's going to happen for the season. And especially once we once we're ready to separate into two separate rooms, we usually know the end of the first episode and we know the beginning of the second episode and we know the big juicy turning points in each. And so very rarely, except for if it's something I'll say really general, like, Oh, we would like Lucifer and Chloe to kiss this season. And we don't know where that's going to land that something amorphous like that. But Again, when we go into breaking the episodes, we've usually landed on big story points. Okay, so it's not as it's not as as maddening as I think it might sound. Yeah, no, it's not, it doesn't. Th- it's, you're not thrown off nearly as much as the process might imply you would be. Yeah, and then I I have to say, I mean, if you do lose something that you love, even if it's if it's not because it ends up in another episode, but just because it ends up being too far for the character to go or whatever it, it it's it's usually and I, I have to say joe helped me learn this i will give him the credit for this one is that there's you hear often, that joe you're getting credit i for know something. i can't believe it begrudgingly <laughs> my friend no um is that there's something else there's something else that you know there's never there's never one idea you know what i mean there's never like oh this is what because in a way, if if that's true, if the whole episode is is revolving around one thing, it's probably not very strong. Like there's there's got to be things you can just lift and come up with something else. Uh, be, you know, if you have a, a strong enough structure, strong enough characters, a, enough going on, it's not gonna you know one little story point's not gonna make or break uh, the show. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Yeah. So and now. For the process of 
Are you guys actually the first ones? God, I think you are. You're my first co-showrunners. Ooh. So exciting. I didn't talk about this with Joe, but now that you're here and I can sort of complete the cycle yeah. of the two of you, what is the process of rewriting when you're co-showrunning? Because, yeah. you know, the, the thing I when I have staff writers on or mid-level yeah. guys on, what they say, or women, what they say is, um, you know, their job is to, you have to please the showrunner. Well then, who's who, who? Who's the final say? Who's the final say? Because well, and I assume when you're broke, when you're broken off into those mini rooms for yeah. the first six, that's easy. It's your, whoever is running yeah. your your particular room. That's who you got to please. But when you start going back into the fold of the yeah. two of you, and or even when you know if you're right, if you're writing the, an episode or he's writing an episode, yeah, right. Is it that he they have they're trying to please you or you're trying to please him? Haha, uh, like who? Who gets final say in that in that yeah. process during I, the rewrite? I think uh, I can only tell you how we do it. I don't know how other other people do it. Although I have worked with some co showrunners um, on Necessary Roughness, for instance, the great uh, Liz Kruger and Craig Shapiro. Um, but with us, what, what we do, and I think going back to the fact that we inherited the show or that it's our adopted child, there is a certain less preciousness about it and we give each other uh you know ownership equal ownership over it as opposed to if there was one creator and then another showrunner came in or whatever or even if two people wrote it i think there might be more contention between the two you know what i mean but it's our adopted child we both adopted the child so that and then we have a system we have our evens and odds and so for instance i'm the final say on the evens Mm -hmm. and if something's very big like a huge mythological point we will argue it or debate it to death it won't be like i this is an even and what i say goes if it's a big story point but if it's like when it comes to a rewrite somebody turns in an even draft to me let's say I do the first pass, do the first read, give notes, whatever. I work with the writer, and then I give it to Joe. Do you do it all? Structure it so that you're writing odd. Like if you're in charge of the even, if in yes. charge of the evens, do you then structure so you're writing an odd? Correct. So that way Joe is oh, working no. you, right? You know what I'm saying? No, opposite. So you work your own episode. Yes. Okay. Yes. And also we trust each other at this point. It was, it was a little more of an exploration season one, let's say, but by the end of season one, we went, all right, we have similar uh, aesthetic. We have similar, you know, understanding of what we think the show should be. And there are, it's not, not to say that we don't disagree on things, but if it's, I trust him enough and he trusts me enough at this point to, even if I don't get a chance to see a cut until the third cut, I trust he's going to make a good episode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think when people get into hot water with partnerships is when one or both feel like they need to be final say, or one or both need to have their hands on everything. And we don't do that. In the pro. Okay, here. So this is a great jumping off point. In the process of show running and where you are you where you will have to rewrite 
you know, for whatever reason, you will mm-hmm. have to rewrite a script as it comes in. And you're always doing it. It's just about how much are you doing it, how much of the episode is, is right. intact. Right. By the time you're done, you know, how do you this is gonna sound like a cynical question and I'm just it's not it's not fueled by anything more than me feeling like this is where human nature would come into play. Bring it. How do you turn off the ego? Mm. Where so it's like how do you turn it off to be like I know I should I I want I feel like I want to change this because I I'm this is maybe not the way I would have gone but this way works for the episode so there's no mm-hmm. need to change it so let's leave it because it's fine you know what I'm saying I yeah. do and I think again I feel like it's a it's a weird alchemy that that happens and if you're in a situation where you feel like everybody respects the other person and that is so much easier said than done. It is rare. I am not kidding. It is rare that you feel like there is a mutual respect and there's enough praise that you're giving each other that when you give a criticism. But not in, but not in an attaboy kind of way, not in a false. Not at all. No. There's, there's enough like if you're in the room and somebody says something funny and you'll go, for instance, we were talking about season five. And, you just uh, got a lot of people really excited, Ellie. <laughs> that's, that's mean. No, no, no. no, no. And we're not in, past. We're not on the paywall yet, no, so no, everyone God. heard that. All right, let me just make sure. I let me just make sure. Don't I get people's hopes up. They've been through this once before. No, no, no. <laughs> we were. Uh, if we need to, when we need to pitch it right. to get a season five, right. we want to have ideas. We right. want to have thoughts. So at the very end of the season, we were just talking about some things we could do if we, when we, hopefully get a season five. And we're all talking about ideas and a writer, and I'm totally going to out him and praise him. So it's kind of annoying because he's not fun to praise. Um, Mike Costa comes up with a great idea. And we're all like, and at first, usually a great idea is everybody goes, that's batshit. That's, we can't, come on. And then the more we thought about it, the more we thought, it's really, really good. And there's such a, a... you know, like moments like that where you're praising somebody, you're praising a writer, gives you the ability to go the next something out of his mouth that sucks. You can go, wow, like not a winner there. Not as good that not, not a winner not, because because there's, there's not as good as Lucifer does a porno guy. Like <laughs> season five, right? That's that's season five. Dang, how'd you know? Um, no, but there's a homey, if there's a homeostasis of respect, right. if you feel that deeply, everybody in the room is respecting each other, then you have, to me, you have the ability to, to, to be honest and say, that's great and say, that's not great. Right. And not hurt anybody's feelings and not feel like you have a deflated ego on your hands because hopefully they're, they're feeling at that point that you like what they're doing and they're there for a reason. And so that kind of takes the ego out of it. And I can, I can say the same thing between Joe and I. It's like there's, there are moments when I'm like, I don't like that, you know, and we have gotten into it a handful of times over something like that where I'm like, I don't like that or he doesn't like something I'm doing. But he likes so much of what I do and I like so much of what he does that it allows us this one.
To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash wordtetris.